Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bloomy Brain Podcast, where you come to water and nourish your brain, in turn seeing your mind, body, and spirit bloom. Today I have a very special guest. Everybody give a warm welcome to Anthony. Hey guys, happy to be here. So how are you today, Anthony? What have you been up to? I'm doing really well. I uh, I finished a commercial pretty late last night uh, downtown. It was, it was a good time. Definitely some hard work went into that, though. But feeling well rested. Uh, did a little bit of exercise this morning. And nice. I'm feeling good. What did you do for exercise? I went for a run. Ooh. Yeah. Love a good run. Greenfield Lake. Oh, I love running around the lake. It's so, it's, it's literally so green it over is. there. It's, it's beautiful. It's so nice. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about what you do, sure. and then we'll get into how we met. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, for the past two years now, I've been working in a department um, of film and television called the locations department. Uh, basically, what we're, we're responsible for is finding all of the locations that uh, we film at. So uh, a couple things I've, I've, I've done, I've worked for Fox, I've worked for uh, Fox Searchlight, I've worked for Hulu, I've worked for uh, Stars. And basically what happens is we get the scripts from directors, producers, etc. And we are responsible for reading the scripts and then finding locations that we can either turn into specific places in the script or that already look like that. And then we're responsible for kind of negotiating contracts between homeowners and, and the studio and um, so that we can use their spaces. Yeah. yeah, your work is just beyond intriguing to me. I feel like I it's say that to you every time. <laughs> yeah. And I know we yeah. just met recently, but of we've course. had um, encounters where we've been in the same environment. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of what brought us together when we did officially meet. Sure. And I mean, many facets about your work intrigue me in a sense of like, you know, you just were the set one of the set scouts for the show George and Tammy. Sure. Um, I did background work on George and Tammy, mm -hmm. and when I finally got to watch the show, I never in a million years you shared with me um, the window scene, the chair through the window scene, yep. um, that that wasn't the actual house. So yeah. how how does that work with some of the of course people? Of course. So basically, the homeowners, what we told them was that we were going to make a basically a carbon copy a direct copy of their window their back window mm -hmm. and we put all the panes in we did all of that and we used something called breakaway glass so basically it's it's a thin brittle plastic that shatters very lightly um so basically what they did they scored a bunch of the structures on the actual window panes themselves and and weakened them and we had let's see we had three panes to go through and Michael took the chair on the first one and threw it through and it was it was perfect. That, it was perfect. So. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> scene was just so <laughs> so intense. So good. The fact that you got to be there behind mm -hmm. the creative process of things. I mean, you you literally were one of the visionaries in the creative process yeah. of that scene, yeah. which is just so cool. I mean, you you truly must be so proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah, ex ex extremely proud and extremely proud of you know my my big bosses and and my entire crew. I work with a great uh, crew of people that uh, for the past two years that I, I can't say you know anything bad about. They're just incredible people, and and it truly is a team effort from the from the biggest biggest thing to the smallest problem. We uh, you know we get through it together, and and at the end of the day. 
this is what draws me to film is is I get to see my work and I get to see mm -hmm. people enjoy it and I get to see people win awards and I get to see people, you know, uh, talk about it. That's what got me into film is the main, you know, when I when I go and I and I watch something, the feelings that I feel from that and the experiences and the memories that that film kind of brings for me is, is kind of my draw to it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, would you say that you are someone that has a heightened amount of patience? Because I feel like having to wait for the project to be out can can be grueling at times when you just are so ready to see it. Of course. Um, it, yeah, yeah. Patience plays a huge, huge, you know, part in it on, on set uh, as, as well as waiting for the project to come out. Obviously before, um, anybody knows that it's filming in town, we know that it's filming in town cause we're working on it already. Exclusive. E exclusive. <laughs> um, so yeah, so for up to, you know, a, a month or two before our team is already, is already working on it, um, getting these locations n knocked out, uh, writing negotiations and stuff like that. So it's a lot of hush hush before the media gets to it. And, uh, the town is kind of ready and, and knows what's going on. But then of course, patients on set, a lot of, you know, there's 150 people sometimes going crazy, asking a million questions at once. And it can be, it can be a lot. So, uh, a lot of deep breaths and centering myself, um, but then as far as waiting for it, for it to come out, you know, we all know that we, you know, Wilmington is great. North Carolina is great in general because we just have an amazing, amazing film, you know, presence. Mm -hmm. and, and we're all so talented here. Like it, some of the greatest movies ever have been made in Wilmington. Yeah. And um, so it's more of an excitement thing than a, than a, I have to be patient and wait. But yeah, the excitement gets to us sometimes. We're like, we can't wait for people to see this. We can't yeah. wait for people to see that. So. Well, I like how you put that. That's that's very well put. Um, and I also like that you describe your work environment just, you know, with all positivity. You have nothing bad to say. You have an immense amount of respect for everyone that you work with. And as far as the process of your work, excluding excluding the final project, because mm -hmm. I'm sure that that would be just so easy to say that that is your very favorite part of it all, getting yeah. to see the product. Yeah. So excluding that, sure. what is your favorite like pro, uh, part of the process, step or phase of the process? Okay, so, um, you know, that's, that's so hard because it's mm -hmm. always so cool, but, um, my favorite part of the process is seeing um, how other people, how actors perceive scripts. I, I think that that's really cool. Um, Ooh, so not even about, that's so cool. Yeah. I thought that this would be like an answer about like your involvement in the favorite part. Uh, so that's so cool to yeah, see that your that's favorite my, part. That's, yeah, that, that, yeah. Is, that is my, my coolest thing because we read the scripts obviously and we think of these actors as as a sp in a specific role acting a specific way and yeah. then and then we see these actors come in and try different variations or or what they perceive the character to be and i find that extremely interesting mm -hmm. you know um but as as far as my my personal favorite part um it would have to be on, especially when we're working with homeowners and, and we're working in businesses and stuff like that. And we have big stunt days. Yeah. Big stunt days when like the homeowners can come out and watch and like, <laughs> we're like, okay, now we're going to drive a car through your building. Like, <laughs> are you ready? Uh, <laughs> so, so those are, those are my favorite days. And also, uh, just seeing the excitement of, of not only, you know, the homeowners and stuff that we work with, but also the people that come out to watch us film. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's really cool. We, 
we see it every day. So it's it's cool for us, but it's really cool to have other people come out and be excited. And, you know, it's a huge draw for Wilmington. So what would you say the most outlandish request you have ever gotten from a homeowner when negotiating a contract would be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that That is so hard. So You're like, I've gotten so many. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've had requests for um, people to keep like, so obviously when we're filming in somebody's house, they're not living there, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we have had requests for people to leave their pets there. So then I become a pet wrangler, <laughs> basically. So there's we've had houses where there's like zoos of animals in there, and we're like, okay, make sure, make sure the snake doesn't get out, or make sure the cat doesn't get out, or oh make sure the gosh. dogs don't get out. And yeah. so um, we we've had instances where animals have almost escaped outside, and <laughs> we're running around into the oblivion. Uh, oblivion, and my favorite <laughs> my favorite one though is on this last project that I just did was called the uh, it's actually the, the the Supremes at Earl's All You Can Eat um, Cafe, and that was for Hulu. And we had this scene at St Andrew's Church downtown where they wanted this guy to be. Uh, we made it into a college, and and this guy was like a a bird like an anthologist, I think they call it or something like that, uh, studied birds. So we had a bunch of like finches and like parakeets and a bunch of other other birds in there. And we had a bird wrangler and basically we're in there rehearsing in this room and and the guy was not, the, the maintenance guy of the church was like, okay, make sure these birds don't get out. Like just make sure the birds don't get out. Oh and we're, <laughs> we're sitting there rehearsing with the cast and I'm like, guys, guys, guys. And they're like, what? what? We're rehearsing. I'm like, the birds are out. So, like out of the so building? All, no. So all of the birds got out of the cages and were flying all around the building and like smacking actors in faces. Oh <laughs> my God. Feathers everywhere. Did they get to be a part of the film? They did get to be a part of the film. Not in that capacity. Okay. Not in that capacity. And then we had to go around. The bird wrangler came in <laughs> with a net and was like. Like you, you would like catch a butterfly. It was like in there, in there, try to catch the birds. They, so he just really, like, they just really escaped. They just, they, the birds just escaped. One of them opened up the latch that wasn't closed properly, and just let all of his little buddies out. They're like, now's our chance. They're come like, on, they're like, now's our chance. They're like, shut every door. Right. Like we're counting birds, and it was, it was, it was crazy. They're like, we're sick of captivity. <laughs> let us free. Let us free. That is so cool. Now, yeah. did you pick that particular location? So that was uh, my boss. My big boss's name is Brooke Barnhill. She's been she's been doing this since uh, since One Tree Hill, where mm-hmm. she she started off One Tree Hill in Dawson's Creek. So she she chose that um, mainly. Uh, so. My two big bosses come in before um, before the majority of us come in. So a lot of times, a lot of the locations are already picked, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're kind of responsible for for the tail end of production. Uh, so it's 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 kind of in kind of a even keel. We kind of kind of split it up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I feel like we just kind of got right into it. Mm-hmm. So. Without further ado, we can tell the audience a little bit about how we met. Yeah, of course. Let's do um, it. So it's kind of funny, you guys. We had been around each other numerous times before ever even formally meeting, but my class one evening invited me to karaoke night and you at, at Mad Cats. I'm Mad Cats. And you happened to be there. And Good. at a particular point, you came up to me. And what, what were your words again? <laughs> I said, 
oh my god i i i don't think i said you looked familiar but i i, I do remember saying oh my god you look like this actress i just worked with and i was like who did you <laughs> who did you just work with and i sh- and i showed her and it was it was jessica chastain because we had just worked together on george and tammy and then we 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 rekindled the fact that you were in it made that connection yeah. yeah um so that was so funny and i i kind of almost had a feeling that he might would be saying Jess, Jessica. I feel like you, I hear you say Jess because you've been around her so much, and right. now I'm just like Jess, <laughs> Jess. Jessica Chastain. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, I told him thank you so much. She's so beautiful and incredible and influential. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a huge inspiration of mine. I mm-hmm. mean, she's she is just a powerhouse of a female boss. I have so much respect for her. Um, so that just was the coolest thing that, you know, you really got to work very closely with her. And I shared my story with you of, um, uh, I guess this was shortly before production started at the end of 2021, I was watching nine perfect strangers and yep. With Michael (laughs) Shannon. Um, and his, the scene where he had the, um, what what, it was like the alarm clock was going Mm -hmm. off. And he has like this mental break because he's um, he is on, I believe it was like a concoction of psilocybin and a couple of other things Mm -hmm. really making him kind of reconcile and come to with the day that he lost his son to suicide. And um, seeing him have that break, it really hit home for me because I also lost my father to suicide, Mm -hmm. as I shared with you. And when I saw that scene, particularly, um, it just really, really hit home because I shared a similar experience, not an alarm clock that I slept through. I actually slept through my dad's last ever call to me. And mm-hmm. when I woke up that morning, um, you know, I saw missed call and text message. So naturally, I don't know if anyone else does this, but like if I see someone has texted me and given me a missed call, You're like, huh. Yeah, I just yeah. am kind of like, oh, let, let me see what the text says real quick because maybe they just like texted what they called me about. And it just was a sweet message. Um, hey, love you. Just checking in. And we actually, you know, I'm a firm believer and everything happens for a reason. Me and e- even though I want to kick myself for not answering the call, some of those last messages we had to one another are just some of the most prominent, um, beautiful messages we had ever shared. He was giving me dating advice and it, it was just so special, but still, I mean, it, it's hard for me to think about sleeping through that call. So when I watched nine perfect strangers and I saw that scene and I saw that Michael Shannon took on that role, I mean, that's not just some made up role that that's the role of, you know, people that are living lives that have been through it. I'm mm-hmm. living a life where I've been through that. And that is, you know, one of the demons that eats me alive sometimes at night or in the morning or randomly while driving or when I'm alone, when I'm maybe in a large crowd. So I said outwardly to my friend, I said, one day I'm going to meet Michael Shannon and I'm going to tell him (laughs) thank you. And lo and behold, fast forward a couple of months, I had a friend that was working on the film and, um, She's like, you have to get on. We need more background. We need more background. And I got pulled to do a private scene one night where um, every time Michael reset, he would reset literally like right on top of my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could feel him breathing on me. So it was it was such a weird like paradigm, like out of out of body experience, like, oh, my God, months previously 
I just said, I'm going to tell him thank you. And now here this man is like breathing on my shoulder as he resets for this scene where um, he was drunk in the scene mm-hmm. and it was carried by Peanut down the hallway. Right. Um, so it was so crazy. And at the end of the scene, I'm the closest one to him. I'm a little bit closer to him than you and I are right now. And he's so tall. He's like towering over yeah. me. And he's just like, thank you, everybody. And I was like, thank you, Michael Shannon. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, wait, this is so weird. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't specific about the context of how I would no. like to thank him. But how weird is that that I said thank you to him? Right. And then you shared with me that you went on to assist him. I did. And just thought that he was such a cool person. And I, yeah, yeah, he's he's super cool. First off, from from that that story, chills because I mean, out of out of anybody in the world, all of the thousands and thousands of <laughs> actors that could have come to Little Old Bloomington, North Carolina, Michael Shannon, and of all <laughs> people that could be standing right next to him, be you and. Having that connection is so cool, and that's an, another reason why I love film so much. But oh yeah, um, so I I did I went to I went to assist uh, Michael in New Mexico on a project called Waco After uh, Waco: The Aftermath, which was the second season for um, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and I got into that because one day I was talking to uh, Maya, who who is the name of Jessica Chastain's assistant, and I asked her how she got into it. Um, films all about networking. I was, I was kind of curious as far as personal assisting went and stuff like that. And she said, you know, it's all about who, you know, and, 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 and just making connections and stuff like that. I said, well, if I ever had the opportunity, I would absolutely love to. And, uh, a couple weeks later, I think it was, we had maybe two or three weeks of shooting left. Maya came up to me on set and was like, Hey, I was like, Hey, what's up? It's like, so Jess wants to talk to you. And I, I was like, what? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> she's like, yeah, Jessica wants to go talk, wants to talk to you on her next break after she's done with the scene. Like, she wants you to come to the trailer. And I was like, okay. So, like, of course I'm freaking out. Like, I'm calling my mother. My mom's a huge Jess fan. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. Um, so I went to the trailer, and she's just sitting there in her Tammy attire and just chilling oh, out. Iconic. And she's like a mom. She's like, hey, honey, how's it going? And I was like, this is just so crazy. But she's like, so she's like, Michael's never had an assistant before. And as part of his rap gift, I would really love to, you know, uh, kind of be in the middle of getting him an assistant for his next project. She's like, and there's nobody else that I would like to do it other than you. She's like, I love you so much. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm freaking out. Just keep calm. I was, like, okay. I was like, yeah, just, <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, so, you know, she's like, we'll get it, we'll get it going. We'll see. And then, so of course, like I was freaking out. I, I kind of calmed down. I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks, but that's typical with, you know, J- Jess was in music rehearsals and acting classes and singing classes and wardrobe fittings. And she had a very, very busy schedule, her and Mike both. And I had a couple separate meetings where I was called into the trailer again with Jess alone and then with Jess and Mike. And then uh, the night th- that she got back after winning her Oscar for Tammy Faye, mm-hmm. Best Actress, she called me in the trailer again and was like, this is going to happen. So she's like, we're going to try to uh, translate this in a way where we can have you kind of start working with Michael on George and Tammy and kind of get a feel for it. 
And then uh, my plan was to go to Nashville with them too when they were filming at the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah. Um, but I already had a Vegas plan uh, trip booked and paid for. So I was like, I can't. But um, so I, I started working with Michael a little bit on George and Tammy and, and got to know him and got to know some of his family and his relationships and stuff like that. And Mike, from, from start to finish, an amazing, amazing professional, one of the most talented actors I've ever seen in my life. Super, super down mm-hmm. to earth. Somebody, uh, money and fame did not change him at all, which is yeah. super, super uh, refreshing. Loves his family, loves his kids, will do anything for everybody. And and is just a really simple man. So I, I absolutely, I, I enjoyed my time with him and, and his other team. He's obviously got managers and, and other people um, that I've, I've conversed with and worked with actually on, on other projects since then. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an incredible person. It was an incredible experience. So. Oh my goodness. I, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm sure that that was like a total out of body experience being called in the trailer that day. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so sweet to hear that you called your mom, like had to tell mom the message. How cool is that? So cool. Um, I do want to ask you one thing because I, I feel like this may even be a question that the audience is wondering, but you know, in life, it's extremely hard to say no mm-hmm. to people, to things, to experiences. How did it feel like when they wanted you to do the Nashville stuff and you had the Vegas trip planned? How, how was that like an easy no? Was it stressful? So uh, I've learned in my life, especially in the past four years or so, that that no matter who it is, um, with, with certain exceptions, you have to give a little bit more of an explanation, but no is a complete sentence. Mm. Um, for my own, for my own personal self, for many reasons, no is a complete sentence for me. But obviously when I'm sitting in a trailer and Jessica is like, Oh, Hey, uh, so tickets to the Ryman, like we'll fly you out. You can fly with us. You can do whatever. And, and obviously like I, it was hard to say no to that because obviously I wanted to be there. Yeah. Had I not paid for my Vegas trip already and booked a bunch of shows and stuff like yeah. that, I, I, I totally would have gone. But surprisingly, I mean, she was she was super understanding. She's like, nope. She's like, that's totally fine. She said, you can start on George and Tammy for a little bit. Go to Vegas. Enjoy yourself. And mm-hmm. and and then she's like, and we'll fly you out from from Vegas to New Mexico after. So it, it, it went over very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think that it says a lot about you as a person and your character just to kind of still look at these humans as literally just that as Mm -hmm. that they are humans and that you know just because of their accomplishments doesn't mean that you have to you know compromise your own life and your own plans and just basically almost give too much of yourself which Mm -hmm. could then in turn turn them off to you not being your true authentic self yes yeah. So that's really cool. 100%. Yeah. Now, let me just, this isn't like even on the queue, but <laughs> I, I, after hearing this story, I kind of want to know yeah. if you, like off the top of your head right now, yeah. if you could assist anyone in the entire world, who would it be for, for a short period of time? Like uh, let's for just say a short, for a month. For a short period of time or just a month. Uh, oh God, that's so hard. Uh, uh, honestly, this is going to sound crazy. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. <gasps> yes, yes. we were talking about that, <laughs> we were talking about that and I, she's oh so funny god. I'm like, oh my so god the gays are trying to kill me <laughs> i love her <laughs> white lotus oh my 
so good. Show is so good. Um, and I keep seeing her clip pop up of yeah. when she's like with that super old man, and she's like, <laughs> you know, we just love each other yeah. so much. Sometimes yeah. we talk, other times we don't talk. Yeah. God, she's she is just iconic. A she's legend. monumental. I freaking love her. Um, so I second that. I would want to assist her yeah. too. I'm gonna yeah. steal your answer. Yeah. Um, so where would you say that you ideally want to see yourself in 10 years? In 10 years, somewhere, definitely where the weather is warmer all year. Mm, <laughs> I like that. I'm from Boston and the winters down here are definitely not bad, but they're still kind of, they can still get kind of chilly. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to be in LA, um, hopefully within the next 10 years, I'd really like to be a casting director. That's, that's kind of where, where I think. I will I will find my my most happiness um, in, in that aspect. So I see myself being a casting director, absolutely in 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 LA in the sunshine. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. you're speaking it into existence Spe- right that's now. That's right. Speaking this, it in. This will forever be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, <laughs> YouTube. Everyone across the whole world is going to hear I that love it. Anthony is going to be a casting director. That's right. Um, what would you say the craziest, most chaotic thing that is ever happened on the job and it doesn't even have to be with the scouting it can be with assisting it can, it can be any okay. of the you know multifaceted realm of work that you're in the craziest thing happening on jobs normally it doesn't have to do with us the film crew normally it's got it has to do with outside people Mm-hmm. coming in and trying to cause a ruckus to get money and and all of that um we've had to call the police we've had people threaten to you know um start fights we've had people run through our sets with weapons we've had it, it, it's just it's crazy and especially filming downtown it can get kind of especially doing the, our overnights and stuff like that can get a little yeah. crazy um as far as for for us working Work-wise, um, a lot of times it's, it, for me, it, it's a lot of upkeep and a lot of, like, on George and Tammy, we th- we were filming at this house on a river, and this lady had this, like, super old, like, pristine, crushed oyster shell driveway, and she's like, do not put anything on it, like, at all. So, Like, wa- even a car? One car was fine. She gave us the she gave us the okay for one car, but not what we put on it. So one day, one of the electricians was driving what we call a condor, which we put big, huge lights on w- way high up in the air, and he drove it on the oyster shell driveway and cracked the entire thing. Her entire thing was like her her relatives that had passed away had done it by hand, and it was super, you know, important to her. Mm. And so we ended up having to spend a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. How did she, not even the money, but oh my God, who broke it to her? So the big boss broke it to her and, and, and we obviously paid her a little extra on top of fixing her driveway. But, um, yeah, yeah. These things happened. She took it, she took it better than expected, but yeah, we could tell she was definitely, definitely heartbroken. And it, it, and it's hard because as in our department, we deal with every single department from hair and makeup, actors, electricians, grips, stunt people, uh, craft services from from the biggest person to the smallest person. We're we're involved 
with with all of them and it is our job that when we are on location somewhere that everybody is responsible and respectful and and understanding of the rules that we put in place to protect not only us as a crew but like our 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 homeowners and our business yeah. owners so so it's a, it, a lot of times some it, like it's stuff slips through the cracks i mean there's 150 there's 200 crew members doing a bunch of stuff yeah. at the same time and, and and stuff unfortunately happens but it, it's it's less it it happens less often than you would think mm-hmm. but when it happens it stinks you know yeah but yeah well i feel like you remain so level-headed about everything so that's really 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 good um obviously that stinks for her but and but at least you guys you know compensated her and helped to comfort her through that and at the end of the day you know it's partially what you sign up for because having two hundreds of people of course on your happen. property <laughs> yeah well i kept hearing on george and tammy everyone would say every show is a shit show or it's not yeah. Some, oh, yeah. some quote like that yeah. um yeah. so that was funny mm-hmm. but now who would you say thus far in your career has mm-hmm. been the most influential person person you've had the pleasure of meeting so Definitely for for personal reasons. So obviously, you know this. Everybody else who's, who's going to be watching this doesn't know. I uh, June fifth of this year, I will have, uh, God willing, I will have four years clean and sober, mm-hmm. which is which is really amazing. And I wouldn't have the job that I have today and know the people that I know and have the opportunities that I have had I not given up what I gave up four years yeah. or three and a half years ago now. Um, but the most influential people I, I had the opportunity to opportunity to work on Hightown with um, a couple actors that are also clean and sober mm-hmm. that are that are fairly well known um, that have been on a bunch of other things as, as well as Hightown and got to go to meetings with them and and hang out outside of outside of film and really talk one on one. And that's a special connection to have. Um, with anybody, let alone somebody who 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 is an actor and who is super 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 successful, um, as well as the creator of uh, of High Town, uh, sh- she was sober as well, and and w- we have since become really really close friends, and and that's inspirational to me because in times when I'm like why, you know, my I have two sides of my brain, the good side and the bad side, and the bad side sometimes creeps in and says why are you still the way that you are mm-hmm. like. Why do you choose to live life the way you live it now instead of going out and partying and getting crazy? And the reason is, is to have the life that I have now and Absolutely. to be able and to be able to have the opportunities that, that I have to meet people. I would have never met or or had the opportunity to speak with Jess a, about Michael. I would have never had the opportunity to go and assist Michael in New Mexico. I would have never had the opportunity to go and hang out with with people that I look up to that are also clean and sober in this industry in, in multiple different forms had I not, you know, given up what I gave up. Yeah. So. I mean, that is just so profound and so inspirational just Thank from you. anybody to me, to anyone listening. Um, and I, I think that it, it's really funny because it, this conversation is very affirming to myself, particularly as well, because um, I have told you I really don't enjoy drinking. Yep. Um, I have an autoimmune condition that's in remission. It's really not good for me to drink. So right. seldom do I do it, but I do feel very pressured sometimes to do mm-hmm. it. And 
It was actually very ironic the night that I found out that you were clean and sober because when I was on the way to meet you guys <laughs> that night, I was already scripting in my head because it's the same way that sometimes I have to do around you know, maybe a big group of people of I'm course. out at dinner with and I don't, I, I'm not able to like eat the appetizers that they're eating or mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I just kind of make it very blase. Like, no, you know, you go ahead. I'm good. So sure. I was already like scripting out what I was going to say to yeah. you if you had offered, if you were like, oh, you're not drinking or noticed right. that I wasn't. And then right. you were like, I'm not drinking. And I yeah. was like, oh, oh thank God. God. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah. and then for you to go into that conversation piece and point about Mm -hmm. you know you it's not even that you don't even think you would be where you are today you say like I know I wouldn't be where I am today and I just think that that is Mm -hmm. so powerful within itself um and and it's cool to see that it's not just like you know marijuana or alcohol or any of the other drug it's all of them you're like I'm good on all of it I'm good yeah I'm good on all of it so I know personally for me and there are people out there who have had alcohol problems and can use marijuana you know and be fine and not drink or not do any other hard drugs or or vice versa but I know for me anything that I put in my body that can alter the way that I think feel or act is no good for me yeah um other than obviously doctor prescribed medicines and stuff like that that's that's obviously totally different but yeah i can't just have one drink i can't just do one drug i can't just smoke one joint it's it's i'm an extremist mm-hmm. um <laughs> so so it's it's all or nothing for me and i have to choose nothing in in order to be able to live god that is so powerful yeah. that you're able to sit sit here and be able to choose nothing when there's a world of temptation. I mean, that is, you just have no idea how many people you will inspire with this and already have inspired. I mean, I'm just so profoundly inspired by you you. and it, it inspires me to continue to stay out of those things and stay out of, um, you know, just an indulgent lifestyle Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's cool that you still are able to be in a social setting without being tempted. So how is that for you? Yeah, that so so being in a social setting, I am I am super comfortable going to bars now. I'm super comfortable going to family outings where people are drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not bother me anymore, but that took a long time. Yeah. Um, so out of the three and a half years of my recovery for the first two years, I never stepped foot in a bar. Mm. I never stepped foot in a bar. I never stepped foot. I, I never hung out with anybody that was a bad influence to me or or that I I got bad vibes from. Yeah. Um, it was all about protecting myself and keeping myself in this sort of bubble and focusing on myself for for the first two and a half years just to make sure that I was OK. Um, yeah. And and now what I do, if I feel completely comfortable going to a bar. I always will have something in my hand or something in front of me. Mm. And I like to keep it full so that people don't ask. Yeah. Um, so. yeah and and sometimes i'll switch it up sometimes i'll say i just don't drink when people ask why i'll say it's just a personal choice sometimes i'll tell them i'm sober if if they're super curious about it sometimes i'll tell them i'm allergic to alcohol because that's what i i mean that's in a way alcohol in my system and drugs in my system cause an adverse reaction yeah other that that is completely different from your average drinker I think it's safe to say an allergy. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely an allergy, and I have an allergic reaction to it. And 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 the symptoms of that is I I constantly need more. 
Yeah. But I, I love going to bars now. I can go to bars and go to games. I can go to concerts. There is nothing that I can, that I did um, drunk or high that I, I couldn't do now if I wanted to. And it gives you just a better perspective and yeah. um, a better outlook about, I mean, even the time in which you know that you need to go home because sometimes of some of those things keep us out all night. All night. Um, so that is just so wise and just so intriguing. Um, I, I really, really love hearing that about you and hearing that about your past and just knowing how far that these decisions, because everything in life is choices. We all have so many choices. We wake up every single day and there's already a choice for, you know, how we're going to spend our morning, what we're going to have for breakfast, what we're going to do in the afternoon, if we're going to work out today, so many choices. So the fact that you're able to always redirect to the healthiest choice possible Mm -hmm. for yourself Mm -hmm. that you know is going to carry you to where you are headed in life. Mm -hmm. And that is LA LA. casting, (laughs) being a casting director. It's just so profound so Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with the audience of of course um i want to know what you enjoy to do and what you enjoy to do to keep your mental health good and you know keep that um keep your brain mind body and soul just very like stabilized your equilibrium stabilized sure um so obviously when we work we work between um you know, 12 and sometimes 16, 17 hour days, um, long grueling days a lot of the time, um, sometimes six days a week. So when I'm off, I sleep a lot mm-hmm. because our schedules are so wonky. You know, we could start going in um, at the beginning of the week at 6 a.m. and we our, our call time at the end of the week could be, you know, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's, it, it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But uh, for me, I, I really enjoy concerts. I, I, I love traveling when I can, especially like the breaks between shows. A lot of us uh, take trips. Like I just took a trip with my buddy Jesse to um, to New York City to go see one of our fellow friends who, who is uh, doing hair for a Broadway show. Um, we we did that. I, I love Vegas. I love going to California. Yeah. I, I, I love just traveling, going to see my family back home in Boston. Um, and as far as day to day, I, I try to, you know, give myself at least 30 minutes of, of just thought and meditation, whether it be journaling, whether it be listening to music or podcasts or or whatever to kind of center myself, um, you know, for for what's going on in my in my life. I, I love I'm a huge foodie. I love going out with, with friends and going out to eat and just yeah. hanging out and, and board game nights and, and movie nights and, and all of that. So um yeah, short short term is movie nights and, and dinner with friends and all of that while we're working. And then we we usually plan trips when we, we get a break to celebrate all the work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that, you know, the traveling and the trips is something that you place an immense amount of value on in your of life. Course. Because I couldn't agree with you more. I think mm-hmm. that immersing ourselves while we have the chance in other cultures um, is just one of the best things you can ever do and you should do while you're mm-hmm. young or maybe not even while you're young just while you have the chance in of life course. to just see and experience i mm-hmm. mean there's something so filling and feeding about that and and i love that you place value on sleeping when you're off because mm-hmm. the, our bodies definitely need, need the sleep. sleep yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and then i also like that you um 
combined, I, I always do this where I, you know, classify journaling as a meditative practice. Of course. Um, consuming healthy knowledge like mm-hmm. podcasts, books, or just simply meditating and doing breath work. So mm-hmm. that's so cool yeah. to see what you enjoy to do yeah. when you're off. Um, I want to ask you if you could time travel okay. back in time to meet any monumental public figure that has influenced you, who would it be? Uh, this is this is very, very simple. Uh, <laughs> Robin Williams. Oh, yes. For so many reasons. Yes. Um, from from his acting to his personal life to what he did. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Robin Williams made a point on every single film or TV uh, production that that he was working on to that they had to hire between 30 and 40 local homeless people to work. I did not know that. Yeah, so that was written in his contract that they had to hire between 30 and 40 homeless people and employ them and give them give them, you know, work while he he worked there um which which is huge and uh his his movies some of some of his earlier movies with you know jumanji and mrs doubtfire and hook and all all these that i i grew up on um played a huge part in in the reason why i wanted to get into film yeah um and and he's a perfect example as well as uh, of of you don't really know what people are going through and and you just don't. And some of the nicest, most happiest people are the people that, you know, we, we, we have to take some extra time on. No, absolutely. And I mean, when I watched the documentary um, that was kind of going over the final days, fi- final like year, months, weeks of his life, mm-hmm. um, and his wife spoke in this documentary, um, it, it just was so crazy for me to see um, that contractually he was bound to what was it like night at the museum too of course where he had to keep um did, did you watch this documentary i i did not okay i wish i could remember the name of it um it might have been like final day final days final of days so, something of the sorts okay. um but it was just talking about how his condition was getting so severe to the point where he had to, he could only do like a line at a time um i mean yeah. his cognitive function was severely declining sure. which ended up leading to his you know end all be all um and it it just was so heartbreaking to watch um such a such a powerhouse of a man such a good-hearted soulful um you know household name like the everybody knows robin and what happened is it definitely hits home for me as well being that my father committed and It's it's really weird. I mean, I remember um, a year prior to my dad committing, we were sitting at the beach, and um, it might have been a year or two years prior to him committing. I'm forgetting the timeline, but it was it was shortly after Robin had committed, and yeah. um, my dad was just like, "I just I I can't believe this. This just doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah. it doesn't." And it's so interesting that it it can sometimes not exist in that person's realm of thought in that moment in that moment until later maybe they're going through something else mm-hmm. um so yeah what what a beautiful man and I'm, I'm so happy that his efforts and all of his hard work are still here with us of on course. earth for us to consume yes. and enjoy and you know thank you for 
doing his name justice yes. by, you know, even in telling me, I'm sure a lot of people don't know that he had that in his contract to hire yeah. local homeless people. Yeah. So I really enjoy hearing that as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, he just was such an incredible, incredible man that cared for so many people. And, you know, he, I feel like he could play a villain in a movie or someone just so terrible, but you could still, still see. Like him. Yeah, and you <laughs> could still see like love, purity, and light in his eyes. He just had such 100%. gentle, calm, caring eyes. Yeah. Um, he's incredible. Yes. Do you have any charities or foundations that mean a lot to you or you hope to one day become involved in, even if just to donate? Sure. Uh, so for personal reasons, um, back at the, the height of my addiction, I stole a lot of money from, uh, a, well, a place that I worked at that had a charity, uh, the Ronald McDonald house actually. So back when I was 18 and I was, I was using and stuff like that, I used to take money from that to buy my drugs. I've since paid them a decent amount of money, but um, basically if anybody doesn't know the Ronald McDonald house charity is, is uh, responsible for um, they, they pay for families to stay while their children get treatment for whether it be leukemia or, or, or uh, tumors or cancer or, or whatever. And, and it's, it's definitely, it definitely hits home for me that I want to give to them as much as I can whenever I'm able to. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for me. That. Well, that's amazing. And thank you so much for your transparency. I of course. think that that really says a lot about where you are um, in, you know, this stage of your life yeah. that you're able to bring that amount of vulnerability to the table. Um, that's just so cool. I, I think that charities and foundations are just such an incredible thing to feel passionate enough to donate to and give to give back to. So that's really cool that that's more of it. It's such like a personal story for you. So I know that it's going to feed you more donating to them and giving back to them. That's just so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Now, before we close out, do you have anything that you would like to leave the guests with, whether that be, you know, a one liner, a motivational quote that means a lot to you, something that your parents maybe said to you, mm-hmm. a story can be anything. Whatever I, speaks to I, your heart. OK, so because we were kind of just on the topic, uh, you know, if if you're feeling a certain type of way and you're feeling alone and you're feeling you're feeling depressed and you're feeling helpless and you're feeling like, you know, it you, you can't continue the way that things are. Please reach out. There's plenty, 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 plenty of, of different resources for whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a personal level, if if you or somebody else is 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 looking for help regarding drug addiction and alcoholism, please reach out. This life is the most amazing thing that that I could ever ever imagine. And giving up two things that I thought I loved the most has opened my eyes to you know, an amazing world in which I love and I wouldn't give it up for the world. So just know that there's help out there for you and know that it's possible. I would not be where I am had I not given it up and had I not gotten the help that I needed. Um, but yeah, I'm super, I'm super happy to be here and I'm so, so happy that you asked me to come on. Yeah. I'm really happy that we did this. You have been such an incredible speaker and guest to have on your, your story is going to beyond inspire and motivate and, you know, light a match under a 
bunch of butts <laughs> yeah. all over the world to yes, get moving do it. and you know cut any bad habits out that maybe are holding them back yeah. um life's too short s- surround themselves with the right people the right tools the right resources and yeah. i agree with what you said absolutely if any anyone out there is struggling whether that be with suicidal thoughts whether that mm-hmm. be with drugs alcohol addiction issues there are resources for you um you know you can go to my website bloomybrain.com and if you scroll to any of the pages all the way at the bottom, I do have the suicide um, prevention hotline number on each of those pages. And, you know, just a simple Google for anything else maybe you're looking for. Um, I don't know the any addiction hotline numbers or um anything else of the sorts off of the top of my head right now. But as Anthony stated, there there is an abundance of help and people that want to help you out there. So definitely um you know new year new mm-hmm. new mindset new perspective so yeah. thank you so much for coming on today thank you so much for having me of course it was my truly it was my pleasure i, I, I enjoyed every that. moment of this and that's i cannot true. wait to watch it and have yes. you watch it and see I can't what wait you to think see <laughs> so guys if you enjoyed anthony today which i know that all of you did he is such a cool person to follow and keep up with make sure you follow him on instagram it is at anthony pl 97 again at Anthony PL 97. That way you guys can just keep up with his cool life and lifestyle and all that he's working on. And yeah. I know um, I don't want to say what it is because I don't know if we w- we're allowed to talk about it yet, but you have a very big project you're about to be on coming yes. up. So yes, you guys we're are excited. Definitely going to want to keep up with him. Check so in. until next time, guys, <laughs> thank you, Anthony, and Thanks, stay bloomy brained.